Welcome to Monday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. I'm Paul Dottino along with Super Bowl 42 champion putter Jeff Fiegels. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Paul. How are you? I'm doing very well, good. thank you. And uh, he good. continues to uh, broil the northern New Jersey area. Supposed to be up to 93 or 97, actually, today. 97, it said this morning, yeah. Stay indoors. Yeah, I was just going to say, kind of glad there are no two-a-days, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, listen, I, I hated him. I did. I did. I, I mean, I'm not the one to complain. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I just had to be out there for those guys that really actually played football. Yeah, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible, especially those long, long, long time ago days when they used to, when you had legitimate two-a-days in mm-hmm. pads and um, two-and-a-half, three-hour practices. Oh, man. Yeah, those uh, those were the days, and in some areas, uh, a little bit uh, easier to deal with than others, and certainly the humidity yeah, around this bit. area got to be a sure. little nasty at times. But in any case, we're going to be here for the next hour. We will talk Giants football. We will talk NFL news headlines. There are plenty of them. Of course, mm-hmm. we know that veterans are reporting to their respective teams coming up tomorrow. You can hit us up at the hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. He is at Jay Fiegels. I am at Giants WFAN. Or, of course, you can dial us up at 973-667-1960. 973-667-1960. Now, a couple of quick news items before we get to the phone calls. Jeff, we know that on Friday, ESPN reported that the Giants had agreed to terms with free agent veteran kicker Chandler Catanzaro, a guy who had, in the past, kicked mm-hmm. for Arizona, Tampa Bay, Carolina, and of course, in MetLife Stadium with the New York Jets. The agreement was reported to be contingent upon Catanzaro passing a physical. He would wind up taking the spot of Aldrich Rosas, uh, we would believe. He, of course, has had some off-the-field issues, and the Giants uh, needing to rectify that situation apparently have found an answer. Apparently. I mean, listen, the guy comes out of retirement. I mean, I remember last year in preseason, he missed two extra points, um, went into Adam Gase's office and said, that's it. I stink. I'm gone. I'm retiring. And he sat out the season. So I think what you're seeing here, Paul, because of what's going on with COVID and all this reporting and when the season's going to start and evaluations, um, not going to be a lot of time to evaluate a kicker in training camp. Not going to give him those four four games if you were going to, you know, you, you release Aldrich and then you got to have a young guy come in here. He's going to have four games to prove himself. But so what do you do? You go get a veteran. And I think that's probably what this is, a veteran that actually has kicked in MetLife Stadium, which makes a lot of sense. Um, obviously, they talked the guy into coming back or he was ready to come back. And this is a perfect fit when you think about it. And if you look at the numbers, the guy's pretty, pretty good over the last four, four years that he played in the National Football League. 29 years old, as you said, he was retired last year, but let's go back a little bit, and as we look at his numbers, we find out that he's 10 of 16 in field goals of 50 yards or longer and hit a career-long 60-yarder with Arizona back in 2016, and in the year he was with the Jets, and I think that's important because we all know that there are some athletes who cannot handle the spotlight of New York. In the one year he was with the Jets in 2017, he was 25 of 30 with a long of 57. Those are good numbers. That Those numbers right there will keep you in the league a long time. Um, you know, you kind of – I'd love to sit here and talk to him about what happened and went through his mind after he retired. I mean, obviously, the guy's only 29 years old. He's still got a good career ahead of him. You know, but, I, I mean, listen, 10 of 16 um, – 
outside of 50. So that tells me right there he's got a great leg. And um, obviously it's had a lot of rest. So, listen, it's unfortunate what happened to Aldrich. Um, obviously, if he was here to tell you, I'm sure he would be like, if I had to do all over again, I would, you know, think twice. But the fact of the matter is, is that, that, that the kicking position, as you know, Paul, over the years that you've covered the NFL and the years that I've been in it, it's the one position that can be replaced pretty quickly. There's a lot of guys that can go out there, but, um, you know, and there's a lot of good ones. So this is the case right now. They're just going to have to go out. They found their guy. And, you know, it's interesting because reading on um, the Internet and kind of coming across all these stories that are coming out these days is that about workouts. You know, you just can't go and, and have a, a free agent kick out, kicking workout anymore because there are no workouts. So you got to kind of rely on – on what you've seen in the past. And I think that's what you're getting here. It's just, it's experience. A guy that's been in MetLife. And like I said, the guy's been in the league a lot. Well, let's make something clear. As we are doing this show live at uh, 12 noon on Monday, no roster move has been made involving either mm-hmm. Kenan Zero because he has yet to pass his physical. And no roster move has been made regarding Eldrick Rosas, despite some of the reports from NFL Network suggesting that he would be released. At this moment, nothing has happened. Now, let's assume for just a second, though, hypothetically speaking, that this transaction, uh, this two-way transaction does take place. You mentioned it's a very unique offseason, Jeff. We know that most times teams have two kickers during summer camp because they don't want to see their their Mm -hmm. lead guy get burned out. And quite honestly, they also like to see some competition, and they like to see the lead guy at least get pushed a little bit. Do you expect that if Kenan Zero is the one kicker on the Giants roster this week, that at some point very soon they would bring in a second leg? Well, the the situation right now is, remember, you have Joe Judge, who's been a special teams coach for a long time. So he's going to have a unique idea of how what to do here because he's the head coach. You know, you never want to give a guy a job. I mean, obviously, Daniel Jones is the quarterback, right? But you got tons of guys behind him that are going to compete. But in the real world, you know it's his job. The kicking position, same thing. You really kind of want to pressure these guys and and create competition because not only is it – it's really good. It's really good for the team. It's good for the position. I love competition. I loved having guys in camp. I knew that they couldn't beat me out, but I wanted to compete against them just like I like to compete in anything that I do. So that was fun. I, I encouraged it. And there were guys that came in with stronger legs, but, you know, where it counts is the games. But you, if you bring a young guy in, Paul, how are you going to evaluate him in games when he hasn't been there? There are none. So I, I, it's, I, to, to answer your question, I think they, they will, but I think the, they, may, they may be very selective and, and go the other way and say, you know what, we're just not going to have a young guy in there because we know what Chandler can do if that's indeed the guy that they do sign and go from there. Plus, you know, the 80-man roster. I mean, if you want to, you know, it was at 90, and if the guys are they're going to cut 10 guys and get to 80 at some point in time, you're going to you're going to want to have other other guys in the positions, you know, defensive line, offensive linemen, things like that. So having another kicker in camp just takes another roster spot. Okay, Jeff. Well, let's get to that particular issue as well as some of the other NFL headlines that have occurred over the course of the past three days. My oh my, it was a busy weekend for yeah, the league. Yeah, sure was. Now, Pro Football Talk does a great job of summarizing these things, so I'm going to go to their site and and give you some of the lead items that we have learned. 
Uh, they're reporting that the NFL Players Association told their players that there will be no preseason games, as we've suspected now for quite a while. Most players won't be in full pads for the first time until August the 17th. And for 30 of the teams, camp starts tomorrow on July the 28th. We already know the Chiefs and Texans. They play three days before that first Sunday of the regular season, so they've already started their camp because they got a couple of days dispensation to go Mm -hmm. early. Okay, so that is the schedule as we know it, at least in generic uh, um, terms. There are a lot of individual things about some certain days and what you can do and what you can't do on certain days on the field. But that much has been established. Now, one of the other things that has been established, according to uh, Pro Football Talk, is that the player's behavior, and this <laughs> is kind of raising a, a, another eyebrow because of what's happened to the Miami Marlins in baseball, where they've now got 14 players testing positive. They've been forced to cancel a game tonight. The Phillies and Yankees game also canceled because the Phillies and Marlins played yesterday. So what we have now is a situation where apparently the league and the labor union have agreed that the league is going to be allowed to set certain social parameters on the players, and they'll be allowed to actually find them, apparently, if some of these players don't follow social rules when they are away from the facility. And as a side note to that, what I wanted to ask you, particularly because you played in the league for so long, how important is it not only for those players to get the guidelines that they need from the players' union and, of course, from the coaches and the medical people, but how important is it for the veterans to try to help self-police the other guys on their team? Well. That's a whole mouthful right there. Um, and then let's just be, let's, you got to understand any of these, any of this protocol or rules that, that are established are collectively bargained from the NFLPA and the, and the NFL. So these are agreeable. So the, the players union is saying, yes, we agree with you uh, to emphasize these rules. Okay. Now I will tell you this. Um, a lot of times people think it's the younger players. A lot of times it's not the younger players. It's the older players. Okay. Um, so be careful what you say when it says you have to police the younger guys, because that's not always the case. So my point is, is that it has it collectively, the whole team needs to be on the same page and not just think it's just the younger guys. Now I read all those rules and I'm a rule follower. I would follow the rules. I have no problems with it, but I'm not, you know, one of 53 guys in the same way. So there is going to be guys that do not adhere to that. And here's the problem with it. You are, you are going to start understanding that if you are going to take a chance in getting COVID and have a chance of bringing it in the locker room or doing things like that, there's a chance that, like the Miami Marlins, what's happening with that team? You infect the whole, I mean, before you know it, there's going to be, you're not going to be able to feel the team to play. And then if you don't play, you don't get paid. And that's when the veterans and the guys that know about their money, they get serious. Don't cost me any of my money. And so it always comes down to money. So it's a very fine line. And but police the locker room. Yes, you got to understand. And this is a unique situation where if you're asked to do these things, just please do it. Just really do it. But there's going to be guys, Paul, that don't. And there's going to be guys that maybe there's going to be guys that do do this and they still contract it somehow. You know, you don't know. So just because a guy goes and and 
I mean, he might even go to the grocery store or whatever. I, I can't remember the whole rules, but it, it's bound to happen. Someone's going to come and test positive by saying, you know what? I've done everything I can in these rules and I still got it, you know? So it's hard to understand, but I will tell you, Paul, it's not always the young guys, but the younger, the younger guys, the older guys need to police the young guys too, just because they don't know what they're doing. They're, they're young and stupid. That's what it is. Now, Jeff, a couple of moments ago, you had mentioned about the roster limits, and I do want to mention this one item, or follow up, I should say, before we get to our phone calls, because there was another item that came out. Brandon Kristol of KOA Radio in Denver first reported this, and then Pro Football Talk followed up. A memo was distributed Friday to all teams, as we understand it, that they can cut to 80 players before July 28th, that's tomorrow, or they can wait until August the 16th, which is a day before the players are supposed to get in uniform and hit the practice field. Now, according to the memo, teams that can wait up until uh, to reduce to their 80-man limit must utilize split squad practices with one group mainly consisting of rookies, first-year players, and any quarterbacks or injured players who were part of that group. And once those designations are made, you can't go into Group B. The B group will consist of all veteran players who report on July 28th. Again, that is Tuesday. That is tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Now, a team that chooses the split squad approach, and we talked about this, I believe, last week on BBKL. Wouldn't it be great to try to do some some type of dry runs uh, as to the game day experience by using uh, split squads, so to speak? Well, any team that chooses the split squad approach can reduce their roster to 80 from 90 at any time before August 16th and then merge the teams together. Mm -hmm. So this is another, I don't want to say a strategic move that teams must decide on their own, but they certainly have to figure out how they want to handle their players. Yeah, I I guess guess the split squad means, you know, a little bit more work for trainers and equipment managers and guys like that, but with workouts, right? I mean, you're going to you know, you're going to go on the field at 10 and the other squad's going to go on at one or something like that. You know, um, I, I don't know, Paul, I think it may be from evaluation purposes that these other 10 guys are, you know, they're sticking around because they want to, they want to get a good look at them, but what are they getting a good look at? They're, August 16th is the date. You know, I think August 17th is when you start putting the pads on and you can start hitting and practicing. Right. Right. So I don't know. I, I, I feel like I, we talked about this the other day and I said, you know, I think it was Friday we mentioned it when John was on the show is that we, you know, those other 10 guys normally, those probably the other, they were going to get cut most likely anyways. There are, you got to get down to the roster limit anyways. I don't know. I just think it makes things a lot easier if it's me just to get down to the 80 and be done with it and not have to worry about 10 extra guys around the facility um, that may have uh, a chance to, you know, spread, spread the disease. But you know, Jeff, if you do want to do some, it's not a disease. The virus, right? The virus. virus. Excuse me. But if you do want to do some uh, intra-squad scrimmages, you're going to have to go to 90. I think you got to keep with the 90 because once the inter-squad scrimmage would be what? There's no, there's no, there's no pads on. You have a helmet. 
right? I mean, they're not going to be in. They're not going to be in pads until the middle of August. Yeah, till the seventeenth, right? So, but that's and, when and by they the have way, to be down to eighty. And guys, I don't want to jump in, but the, hey, John. The, hi, guys. Uh, the <laughs> I'm sure I'll call the way. Uh, the earliest you can have even unpadded practices is August fourteenth. So you can't even do unpadded practices yeah. before then, as far as I can tell. So yeah, there you so go. They, they, they got a lot of things. Squad, there know? are a lot of things to consider here. There really are. And, uh, you know, I, I just I just feel one thing, and I'm not trying to be a downer here, but what we just saw happen with baseball this morning, again, I said this the other day on our program, and I'm not going to back away from it. Everything is fluid, and everything can change on a moment's notice. I refuse to think that anything is in cement these days. Mm-hmm. Too much can happen, Jeff. Yeah, it, Too much can happen. Too you know, much ha- can happen. And it's happening on every level of sports period whether it's baseball basketball football college pro it's all there and um it's fluid it's daily and i mean it's daily i'm mm-hmm. not going to get into it but you know my son at, at Rutgers, it's daily there's things that if not daily it's hourly there are sure. things are changing really all right well one thing that's not changing is that we try to get to our phone calls here during the program when we have the ability to and because John's running the board out of his house, we can take calls at 973-667-1960. Glenn in Florida is first up on the show. Hello. Hi, Glenn. Hey. Hi, guys. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, let's say, what happens if Daniel Jones and Sir, um, Sir Claire Barkley gets the, flu, gets the virus? I know there's backup guys there. But what about bringing a guy from the practice squad and then they go out to L.A. or something like that? What are they going to do? Well, I think what we're talking about here is a situation when a team is on the road. And and Jeff brought this up a couple of weeks ago, and I asked him that very question about how do you deal with guys who maybe on Saturday night or Sunday morning are determined to be positive. And the league has already got some regulations and rules regarding that situation. But Jeff had said, you're going to have to probably travel your practice squad guys because how else, if you're on the road, are you going to get them there in time for kickoff? Yeah, I agree. What about having putting like Cooper Rush, uh, yeah, Cooper Rush and two receivers on the side of practice where they could learn the book and then whenever they need to bring 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 them to the team they could do that glad you just stole the next news item that i wanted to ask <laughs> jeff about so Great we're segue. going we're going to let you go <laughs> listen into uh, the answer here because it applies to your question i mean i t- i commented a little bit about what we did talk about uh briefly a few weeks ago was bruce arian's idea about quarantining the quarterback and the caller was asking about not only quarantining the quarterback but a couple of wide receivers um and then that's when you you had left us so i think the discussion here is and i think you want to bring it up because there is an article um, that's actually mentioning the idea of doing this type of maneuver with the quarterbacks. Yes, Pro Football Talk specifically addresses uh, whether the primary backup, that's the number two guy in the depth chart, or the number three guy on the depth chart, would be the smarter quarterback to quarantine. How do you feel about that? I think it's, I think it's, you have to think about it. You gotta, you gotta. I mean, obviously, it's the most important position on the football team. The other one is when, you know, 
folks, we, Paul and I, we, we get together before the show and go over a lot of these topics and, and we'll send each other, you know, items that we want to talk about. And Paul had sent me this question earlier before we came on the air. And all of a sudden I started to, to think about what's going to happen. We're talking about the quarterback here. Okay. Which is one position. What happens if there's a position that this wipes the whole, the whole room out? Offensive lineman. What if four of the starting five are happen to be get sick? Could you imagine? So, I mean, you're not going to quarantine a whole other offensive line group. Um, you would have your backups in that situation, but um, it's it's kind of it's it's a little bit. Uh, this again, Paul. These these are the things that probably are keeping everybody up at night, including the head coaches and the general manager of the leagues, right? Because you don't have an answer to these right now. But I think you got to start thinking about a backup quarterback. I don't know if I would go as far as the backup quarterback because if the starting quarterback goes out, your backup guy is expected to come in and play like a starter, right? Right. Your third-team guy has probably a lesser chance of getting in a game the whole season, so you would probably be better off of keeping him away. Um, and you know, and I don't know how you're going to do that. I mean, we talked about it. Maybe he's not in the meeting rooms where it's closed quarters. He could be on the field where you could social distance but you do not want him anywhere near the other guys. So, I don't know. So, if you're, if you're the Giants and Jones is your number one, and mm-hmm. I'm guessing that Colt McCoy right now okay. has got a nose ahead as the number two guy, mm-hmm. then whoever number three is, whether it's Tanny or Cooper Rush, and I'll just say for argument's sake, I'll just just Cooper. pick out a thin air and say Cooper Rush because of his connection to Jason Garrett in Dallas, you would say that Rush would be the guy in quarantine. And, and yes, and I think, you know, how do we I, how do we determine or define what that means? I don't know. I, I, I think it, to me it's it's I want I don't want him anywhere near the meeting room because that's where most likely these guys are going to be right in close mm-hmm. contact, even though they're going to be six feet apart. I don't want him anywhere near where the guys are at. I mean, it's not fair to him when you think about it, but unfortunately, it's just the way of it is. And, you know what? I mean, in practice. I think it's the only place you could have him come close to those guys, but I don't, I don't think you could have him somewhere where he's not even by the team, Paul. That would just be, I don't know if that could happen. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, the good news is because of his relationship with Jason Garrett being with the Cowboys for for the Giants. Yeah. But what about the rest of the league? I mean, I, I don't under, I don't know. You're right. It it could be very, very sticky, but in this particular case, we're mm -hmm. just talking about the team in East Rutherford that actually would probably work out very well for them. It could. Yeah. But, and then the other question is, is what happens if all the quarterbacks get sick? (laughs) Oh boy. You know how to go there. Eli, coming out of retirement. <laughs> nine seven three. I don't think he would want any part of that. Nine oh, no, seven three six six seven nineteen sixty is our phone number. We go back to our phone line and Phil in North Carolina. Hello. Hi, Phil. Yes. Hey, guys. Hey, hey uh, not to beat a dead horse here, but I have a follow-up to last week uh, about the uh, 2018 draft, and I'm going to give you some names that we could have taken instead of Saquon and you can you can kind of you know say you know thumbs up thumbs down or they may all be thumbs down for you guys so uh, maybe you especially you Paul but uh, so are you asking us when you give these names if we're going to tell you that we would have taken him over Saquon okay so so (laughs) and and I on the list I excluded quarterbacks 
okay? Because I didn't want to get into that, right? And uh, so other other players. So um, so here we go, and I kind of just scanned the top twenty. So uh, so, and I'm going to give you. I got uh, seven. Uh, Quentin Nelson. You can give me thumbs up or thumbs down. Go ahead and just give us the uh, the names. Okay, Quentin Nelson, Denzel Ward, Bradley Chubb, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, Marcus Davenport, uh, Leighton Vander Esch, and the center, Frank Ragnow. I don't even have to answer this question, Jeff, because you know I'm thumbs down across the board, so there's no point in me wasting my time. I'm with Paul. If, there, if, if, you, if you said you have to pick one, Paul, you have to pick one, I probably would go with Quentin Nelson. Other than that, I could care less about the rest of them. Okay. Just so you know, just so you know, out of the, the first-round draft picks who were taken in that draft, there were eight first-rounders who have uh, been in the Pro Bowl. Just so you know, Barkley obviously is one of them. Seven other guys have made the Pro Bowl in their first uh, two seasons. So, and you, so you, didn't, you didn't even too, name right? half of them, which was pretty funny, too. Well, I only picked it by criteria top 20, right? See, I thought you were going to be a wise guy and just pick the Pro Bowl guys and say, look, all oh, these no, guys no. are the Pro Bowl. I thought you were going to no, be funny. No, no, that's because that's not that's not fair. You know, I I was only going to limit to top ten, but I said, okay, I'll pick top twenty, and I'll just pick all non-quarterbacks and maybe positions that we needed because otherwise you can stack the deck in retrospect. So stack the so deck as much as you like. I'm taking Barkley. Case closed. Alrighty, uh, but I, but there are some, uh, you know, right now I could, uh, you know, I don't know Frank Ragnow how how he, how he's playing, but you know, boy, I wish we had a center. So anyway, thanks guys. Thanks, Phil. Yeah. Stay well. Interesting call. I mean, of all the things we could be talking about today, trying well, to rehash the selection of Barkley was not one that I thought we would get. I know, and you know, a lot of people like to play the you know what if games, and that's fine. Um, we don't particularly like to play them because it's just it's it's fantasy, and I know what you feel about fantasy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but look at it this way, okay? I, I'm I'm going to tell you right now, the Giants are in so much better shape with Barkley and Daniel Jones than the Jets are with Darnold and Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. It's not even close. Yeah, yeah. So I mean. It's uh, that's a conversation for another time for somebody else to get involved in. Nine seven three six six seven nineteen sixty is our phone number here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Uh, Jeff, one of the things that we were talking about before were the the rules, so to speak, mm-hmm. that the social um, yeah. social parameters uh, that the labor union and the league have discussed. And, you know, some of these things, it's about indoor nightclubs. It's about indoor bars except to pick up food. Mm-hmm. It's about indoor house parties, indoor mm-hmm. concerts, going to other sporting events, going to indoor church services, mm-hmm. all kinds of parameters as they try to regulate and keep this thing under control. Jeff, just being practical, I think if everybody was was smart and responsible by themselves, Mm -hmm. they could figure this out without having somebody hand them a paper of rules, don't you think? Well, (laughs) unfortunately, most people aren't that way, are they? Listen, uh, 
It, yes, I mean, but not in the NFL. You gotta, you gotta cover, you know, everything, and you gotta put this stuff out. But you know what? It's not a hard list, like I said earlier. I looked at the list, and I'm a rule follower. This would be no problem. I have no problem with this. And by the way, well, you follow um, Coughlin's rules, so you can handle anything. These are exactly <laughs> right. I mean, I, I feel like, but you know, in some instances, you know, you can avoid, you can avoid the bars. Not some. You can all. You, you don't have to go to the bars. Heck, if you want to have a drink, have a drink at home. It's cheaper, by the way. Save your money. Um, the other thing is, like, if you have to go to stores and groceries, you got to live, Paul. You got to live. What they're saying is the stuff that, that really you don't have to do, don't do it. Right. You know? So, and, that, and just commit. This is where I said last week about leadership. This is where leadership comes in at all levels. You know, the head coach and even the veterans on the team. They've got to they've step up and, and really – emphasize to the whole team that how important it is to be one together you know well, Jeff, the team aspect of it you had mentioned earlier how important the almighty dollar is to each of these players and mm -hmm. i wonder if the one clause that apparently is in this memo is the determining factor as to whether or not a player gets careless yeah. it says not only can players be fined for violating these social rules Moreover, if they test positive after engaging in prohibited activities, they will not be paid for the games that they miss mm -hmm. and future guarantees in their contracts would be voided. Mm -hmm. Is that strong enough? This is what I was saying earlier about guys getting, you know, contracting the virus, you know, within the rules. I mean, let's just take a hypothetical that I, I come into work and test positive one day when I've been doing everything. I, haven't, I have not gone to a club. I have not done this. I've done everything that I have been asked to do, but I still got it. They're going to have, someone's going to have to prove that he, you know, how did he get it? Mm. And you know, so I, I, I feel there's going to be a grievance coming down here somewhere. Something's going to happen. But bottom line is they put that clause in there to scare people. Because power, the power of money will scare a lot of people. And that so, intimidation, in your opinion, will correct. be effective. A hundred percent. Now, will and you see what I'm saying? I mean, it, it will get the the it will get the attention of some of these players, if not all of them. Because if you start taking my money away, I, I'm not, I'm going to do whatever I can. But listen, fines are there. Fines have always been there with COVID, without COVID. Has that ever stopped guys from getting fined? No. <laughs> Just ask Plaxico. <laughs> he was I mean, the king of all fines. Holy smoke! So I mean, it didn't bother him. So, and that's my point: is there's going to be the, there's going to be that guy or guys that just doesn't it doesn't matter to them. You just hope in this situation, this this no one has ever gone through a pandemic that's been in the National Football League before. So this is so different from anything else that we talk about. You're just hoping that people will take it that serious. Back to the phones at 973-667-1960. Len in Columbia, Maryland Hi, is next on the show. Hello. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good, good, good. good. Everything's good here. Um, Jeff, you, you made a comment regarding um, veteran players versus rookies and their mm -hmm. behavior, etc. And I, I applaud the Players Union for putting those uh, restrictions in there and spelling it out for the sure, players. Sure, they did a nice and, job. And I think the money, I think the money angle, Paul. I think that had, that that's going to make a difference. And I know Jeff, you you sure. you alluded to it too. But but let me ask you a more direct question: Who finds the coaches? Ah, good point. Good point. 
Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, the coaches don't and, have the time to do And, of course, there anything, are other but. personnel. I mean, it's just not going to be 26, co- 26 coaches Great and 80 point. players. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a bunch of other people, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're pro- you guys are probably a ways from getting back into the facility. But, uh, I mean, you know, the coaches have to be held responsible for this, too. Sure. Oh, they do. It's a great point. It's a great point because, again, you know, if one of those coaches comes in and, and infects some people and they're now they're, in, you know, they, they, that they're quarantined because they got COVID, well, how are they? And they, they're going to go back and say, well, where were you? What did you do? Did you go to the clubs? Did you do that? And finally they find out that it was one of the coaches that gave it to them. Yeah, it, you know, though, man, and I and I don't mean to make light of this because it happens to be true. During the Coughlin era, it was not uncommon to find him or some of the coaches actually sleeping in their offices. Oh, they still do. Okay, <laughs> no, so, they, they do. Yeah, and sure. with with Joe Judge, who apparently has a Coughlin-like ethic, and his staff appears to be much in line with that, it would not surprise me if a bunch of them are doing it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very good point, Paul. Yeah. Very good point. Well, there's a there's a college coach that said to um, his wife that if the season goes, you know, I'm going to quarantine away from you. I mean, I have to because, you know, you're out and you, you never know. You might be grocery shopping or going somewhere and you contract and give it to me by me coming home and sleeping at night. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, who knows what happened in Miami with the Marlins? I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be a player yeah. who has spread it. It may have been. You know, somebody on the coaching staff or or somebody else who actually went to a super spreader event, let's say. Len, I got news for you. This involves media, too. My family's trying to get rid of me in a quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, you know what? Uh, They are, they are, you know, there's protocol getting into the facility, period. You know, there's, there's, um, they're taking temperatures and you go through a protocol just to get through the doors over there. You know, it's a fortress. Yeah. Yeah, but let me let can... me mention something else uh, that you guys started to talk about, and I guess it had to have been uh, pro football focus. Paul, Paul addressed this, um, and I I think it's better to cut to eighty players now. I do too. And um, now I don't know. Maybe you can establish. I mean, you know, as players get cut, I, I think you know the last thing a coach says to them, um, Jeff, and you can you can you can fill in on this, but uh, you know the last thing the coach says is stay in shape. Mm-hmm. I mean, if not us, somebody else may call you. So, mm-hmm. listen, you know, stay in, stay in shape through the rest of the season. You never know when somebody's going to ring your phone and, and you know, and bring you in. What, what about those ten guys? You know, I, I don't know. A second practice squad. Um, also, the numbers, um, you know, I understand Paul and Pro Football Focus may have spoken to this. That, you mean that the, practice talk. Squad, the practice squad number is now up to 14. Is 16. 16. Are you there, guys? Yeah, we're yeah, here. We're to 16. Okay. I, think the, I think the practice squad number has gone to 14. 16. So, how many? It's gone up to 16, Len. 16. Or okay. supposedly, so, well, again, well, that's we have better to help me. That's even better to help me make my point, which right. is, um, you know, if you go for the 53-man roster – Plus sixteen, you you know you're up to sixty nine. That, that that that's only eleven away from eighty. Um, you know if you feel good about, it, why not just make the practice squad seventy five? Uh, you know I'm spending the owner's money here, but I mean why not make the practice squad even higher than that? So you have these these guys around. Maybe you can have establish some sort of list that quarantines some of those people. 
Um, We were talking about that before in regards to the quarterbacks, because if you're going to quarantine one of your own quarterbacks, he's got to have some people to work with. (laughs) Yeah. You know? So you're probably going to wind up, and I know Len just got lost, so Len, we apologize for that. But to finish off the answer, Jeff, he's got to have – what, you figure three receivers, uh, he's got to have somebody to snap it to him. He probably would want to have a running back who can run routes out of the backfield. you got to have <laughs> – yeah, it's not like it's not like he's over on the field throwing to his son and his wife snapping him to football, right? you got to right? have people. So, yeah. and, and obviously so those how, other how guys we... that he's throwing the ball to or handing it off or doing things like that are also you know guys that you feel that can still play on the team. So how many you... do you think? quarterback plus five quarterback plus six i i don't i don't see it this way i don't see that you're just going to keep a group of guys on another field and never have them around to do anything because i i feel there's there's a risk in everything that that right now that people are doing the risk is you don't you minimize the risk by not having them around people in the facility and other areas and you know an hour and a half practice um is all you're going to get with this you know, that's it. Um, and then you're just going to have to deal with it. Or they're, just, or they're not going to be around, period. You just say, hey, you're our guy, and you got a week. To, if, if, you're, if you're our quarantine quarterback, mm-hmm. you're going to be away from the facility, away from everybody. And if our quarterbacks get sick, you come in. You better know the playbook, and we're just going to have to run what you brung that day. That's just it. Yeah, but he's got to keep he's got to keep his arm loose. He's got to be throwing to somebody. Yeah, he's gonna have to. I don't know. I I, I just I mean maybe you pay some guys that I, I okay. They answer your question. You got to have a couple receivers, and I would imagine that you probably want a big you know a lineman to snap the football to you in shotgun or underneath. That's about it. I mean one of the wide receivers can practice, you know, a running back position is handing the football off, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So, you know, man, lots right. of. Lots of questions. That's the problem. There are literally a million questions going into this I know. season. I know. Nine seven three six six seven nineteen sixty. Scott from New Mexico is next on the show. Hello, Scott. You there? We might be having some problems with our phone lines. Hmm. All right, we'll just talk for a second, and maybe we'll get Scott back up. Again, 973-667-1960. One of the items that that I wanted to discuss with you, Jeff, and it may require a longer answer, we'll we'll try to get Scott back up here, and then we'll we'll go to the next point. Scott, are you there? Scott? Yes, hello. There you are. Okay, Okay. hello. Hi. I had, a, I had a main question, but before I get to one, my main question, I, I wanted to talk about the Kansas Zero potential signing. Uh, more to you, Jeff. Uh, he's he's sort of had a very, I don't know, uh, crazy career because even though he's kicked uh, field goals well, he's missed a ton of extra points yeah. in his yeah. career, and that should be automatic. So no, I was curious, no, curious not from, about your opinion They used to be automatic. That. They used to be automatic, Scott. I mean, from, you know, they were 99% before. That's why they moved them back. I, so I, I, they're still in the 90s, but I, I do I do agree with you. There's something you got to look at as far as those extra points because those can cost you games too, just like field goals, right? Right. The, the average right now on extra points is 93.6%, okay. believe it or not. Wonder what, what, is, what is his number? He's 90, in the 80s. 90, huh? He's 92.9. He is. 
But he yes. had three seasons where he was just god awful. So I, that's why I was just asking the question. For, uh, yeah, for his career, he is just a millimeter behind the league average. Okay. Uh, my main question is this. Uh, as you go into the first game, because you've had no practices, and it's sort of helter-skelter now whether you'll have scrimmages, and with the whole scenario with the COVID issues, which of the two units as they face the Steelers in the opening game do you think will be the stronger unit, the offensive unit or the defensive unit? I realize they both have issues, especially on the offense and defensive lines. But if you had to pick one over the other, would you pick the offense being a stronger unit to face the Steelers or the defensive unit being a stronger unit or more prepared to, to face the Steelers uh, for opening day? And that's, that was basically what I was trying to get at. Which do you think is going to be the stronger unit? Paul? Well, I was going to say, I don't think it's a really hard question, Scott, yeah. because of okay. a, a litany of answers, it would have to be the offense. Mm-hmm. They've been put together a little bit more, right? I mean, they're a little bit more consistent as far as the positions, would you say? Sure, there's no question. And quite frankly, the talent level on offense is much Mm -hmm. more proven than it is on defense. Yeah. Defensively, they've got a lot of work to do over there. To me, I'm not sure that that even requires any time to think. I, I think that's to, well. Knowing that's a Scott, knowing Scott the way he thinks, he knew we would answer it that way. And I'm surprised he, is he still there because that probably has nope. a rebuttal. Nine seven three six six seven nineteen sixty. Jeff, there was an interesting comment made today on one of the shows. It might have been the Pro Football Talk Show on NBC this morning. As a matter of fact. As you can tell, I do frequent uh, that site and that program an awful lot. Mm -hmm. And the question came up that because the salary cap may wind up dipping to 175, and that's as low as it can go next year according to the new uh, twist in the CBA thanks to the pandemic, that you may have some higher-priced veterans who lose their jobs this year and wind up getting cut because teams are already looking ahead to the 2021 salary cap. And if there is a close call between a veteran and a younger guy, teams may just wind up putting some surprising names on the waiver wire this summer. What are your thoughts? I, I think it's I, I, I think you look at your team and say, okay, where are we going? Are we in a rebuilding year? Do we have a legitimate chance of competing for the Super Bowl? Yes or no? The answer being no, then yeah, I think you start to gotta fiscally be responsible and start looking at those things. I, I will commend um, you know, the NFL and the NFL Players Association as far as, you know, the way they're working these days. It's been good. I mean, listen, Demar Smith, those guys everybody has not liked that man. Everybody does has not liked Goodell. I mean, they they've been doing well together putting these rules together. And, I, and it's been well. And right now they're going to spread that, that loss, if there is one, across, and we know it is, there's going to be, um, across the landscape of the salary cap for, for a few years to come. They're going to spread out whatever that is. So I think it's a great question, and I think the answer is absolutely. And which now will give the opportunity for other teams, if they are missing at some skill level at that position and there is a veteran that gets waived, um, to come bring him in on the veteran minimum, then you got a chance that that's a good that's it could work. It's interesting though mm-hmm. in that with the potential player movement of those guys, uh, we've already talked about there is a risk factor when you bring somebody in from outside of your facility. Mm-hmm. Well, they have to quarantine. 
Yep. Yeah. I, it's, I mean, yep. it's still going to be tricky. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not just as clear cut as it has been in the past, because even right now, as you probably mentioned at the start of the show, Jeff, I'm pretty sure you did. You're not allowed to be working guys out. No, that's that, that's on, that was on pro football talk the other day too. That, you know, there's no more workouts. So unless I, I believe that the only way, and I don't know if this is for sure, but the only way they were mentioning that the only way you might be able to do this, if there is a, a scouting, um, part of your scouts that have not been to the facility or never will come back to the facility. Right. You know, that they, that there's no way in, in God's green earth that, that they will be able to be in contact with the team and would be able to work these guys out. And then just something like that. And I don't even know if that's officially, that's what they can do or they can't, but it, you know, so right now, um, the other thing that you, that you risk is if you are going to go and develop, trying to develop players, young players, and you, need to bring in veterans because you need them you're you're risking you know cutting these guys and them going to another team right i mean some of your some of your developmental guys maybe no doubt maybe a sixth or seventh rounder that made your team and you get hurt at tight end and they just aren't up to par yet so you got to go sign a veteran you got to release him and then another team picks that kid up because the waiver wire is probably going to work the same way now you've lost a sixth or seventh round draft pick when you wanted to keep them because you went and got a veteran Mm-hmm. So, very true. Lot, lot, it's, there's a lot of things, that, a lot of ripples in the water here. Nine seven three six six seven nineteen sixty. Woody from Walton, New York. I've never heard of that town. You're next on the show. Hello, hi, Woody. Hey, how you doing, guys? Hey, how are you? Bingham Ten and Syracuse. Hey, I'm doing great. Um, got over that coronavirus thing in April. You guys helped me through it with all the draft shows. Awesome. Oh, good, good for you. <clears throat> Loved it, man. I love those draft shows. And Paul, Thank I know you. you're always talking about skyscrapers, wide receivers. <laughs> yes. I remember a I remember a fellow on the Eagles, old number seventeen, that used to just Harold Carmichael. On. Harold Carmichael. Drove me nuts. Um, I I don't know. I got an idea. I don't know if it's crazy or what. I'm looking at why doesn't an NFL team? And I understand the value of roster spots. You talk about a skyscraper, bring a guy in that's like seven foot, seven one, seven two, <laughs> basketball player type on the goal line. How does a five ten defensive back defend that? Uh, it's hard to argue with that, but I just don't know how many seven foot one football guys there there really are, right? Uh. Well, I don't know how much of a football guy that's made. You have to get up, you know, you're on a two yard line. And you could also use this fella right in the middle of the kickbox. Mm-hmm. Would that be imposing on a <laughs> kicker? Seven foot two guy, arms up in the middle oh, yeah. of the yeah. field. I mean, it would mess with their head maybe even if it didn't. <laughs> Especially if you're kicking a 50 yarder and you have to get a low trajectory. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Am I crazy or what? You used to play, so. Yeah, no, listen, that, it, it, and those kickers, you know, they, they, they're taught to get the ball up quickly to get over the line of scrimmage because yeah there are there are six 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 seven guys in the NFL so um, and it right. is intimidating and you're right on a longer field goal you got to drive it a little bit more so the trajectory of the ball comes down and if you have a seven foot two guy in there um, you know puts his both hands up or even just one he's got a good chance to block in that thing. Well, look at it and this way, right? Lot, you you guys remember roster spots now too? You're fifty five instead of fifty three, right? Well, yes, it, it doesn't yeah. have to be fifty-five. You can bring two guys up from the practice squad. That's, mm-hmm. what, that's okay. what it is. So, okay, all right. Yeah. 
Well, I appreciate the thought. I I don't. Woody, I I don't know that it would work on offense necessarily because chances are that seven foot guy, uh, in all honesty, would not have the athleticism or the strength to get off the line if he was chucked at the line and jammed. I don't necessarily know he'd be able to get out into that route, but I do like your idea of blocking a kick. I mean, Manute Bowl has a son named Bowl Bowl who's now with the Denver Nuggets, and he's a seven foot two uh, college basketball player from Oregon who now is in the NBA, and he's got a wingspan of seven feet eight inches. Now, I could I could honestly tell you, and Jeff, you know, because you used to hold for these kicks, if if you stuck that guy right over the center, and he doesn't have to touch the center because he can't. But if, if he just stuck his big wingspan up, that would be a heck of a problem in front of the kicker's windshield, wouldn't it? It, it would. I mean, but I, I, I think that, and yes, he would block some kicks. There's You're no not going to waste a roster would. spot on him, but it's, nah, it's, it's a fun thought. thought. Yeah, no, it is a fun thought, and he would block some kicks, trust me. And he would, he would, it would be kind of a specialty position, right? Um, but I don't think you could afford to keep a guy like that on your roster without him, number one, maybe getting hurt because he's not a football player. He's a basketball guy. Right. He's not used to football. You know, so it's, it's fun to talk about it, though. Hell, fun, thing, fun thing is, you know, you talk about, well, maybe it's only an extra point, but it could also be a three-point field goal. And how many points might he also be able to defend over the course of four quarters when the other team's special teams units on the field? Got a point though. I mean, if you got a matchup problem, your tallest court, your tallest cornerback is six foot, maybe. I mean, you got a seven foot guy. You know, listen, basketball players are probably some of the best athletes in the world. You know that. I mean, these guys are pretty agile, and they all some of them are. Some you know. So I mean, you throw the ball up to this guy at eight feet, he's going to go up and get it. I mean, touchdown. You know, be a heck of a spike being a seven foot two guy, right? Here's the problem. What if he catches it out of midair and tries to dribble it? <laughs> yeah, then we got. Well, as long as he catches it, and then, yeah, no. As long as he's in the end zone and, and, and he has possession, then he can dribble all he wants. Oh, my. All right. 973 667 1960 is our phone number here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Paul Dottino and Jeff Fiegel's with you. Fireside Giants on Twitter says, Why is Golden Tate poised for a breakout season with the Giants in 2020? This will be his second year with Big Blue. What do you think? Um, well, he's is he saying he's he's he thinks he's think, poised he, th- or people... he, he thinks he is, and okay you know, is, is extremely high. And as John and I have talked about in the past, and I think we even talked about it during our wide receiver preview, Mm -hmm. which is on giants.com golden Tate did not show any signs of slowing down last season. He did it. And I'll tell you what, if you go back and look at the statistics, according to pro football focus, him in the last, um, I want to say four years, I think it was, he is the number one guy with yards after catch, you know? So, I mean, the guy can, he can make things happen. He also missed four games last year. You know, the first four games, I think he missed one game other than that, too. But, you know, the guy and I, I feel like if you look at um, Cole Beasley with the Cowboys and you look at some of those slot receivers, how good they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he could. I mean, the guy's a, the guy's a tough dude now. He's a good football player. He really is. You just hope that, you know, that he as he gets long in the tooth a little bit, that, you know, injuries don't creep in there. And I think he's a guy that stays in really good shape and has a good mind. Um, so he could have a good season. I agree with that. I really do. 
Yeah, so do I. And, of course, the other thing is he's got that versatility. With the Giants right now, he's basically mm-hmm. playing out on the boundary. Mm-hmm. But we know that if Sterling Shepard, who's mm-hmm. had two concussions, okay, if there should be any reason why he cannot play on a given Sunday, Tate is an outstanding slot receiver. That's exactly right. And, you know, and, and, I, I, and don't, I, don't get me wrong. I, I, I think you'll see him line up in multiple positions, just like you'll see Evan Ingram line up in different positions and Saquon and all the other guys. I don't think that they're all going to be slotted at just a one position each. I think that's not going to be the, the gist of this offense. I think it's going to be they're going to change it up a little bit. We've got a few more minutes left. It's nine seven three six six seven. Wow, these shows go by quick. Nineteen sixty, don't they? Mark in Chicago uh, fires off a tweet, says he's glad to see the NFL possibly addressing irresponsible behavior. Says uh, he was on BBK last week and talked about if the virus was acquired due to bad behavior, the fine would be a total loss of their paycheck, which is what is apparently going to happen if they are forced to miss a game. He says stringent penalties will drive behavior for most except uh, for the knuckleheads, and every team has their share. Yeah. It sounds to me like the NFL and the NFLPA are regarding a COVID um, positive test where somebody can be identified as breaking the rules as conduct, conduct detrimental to the team, where in the CBA it it it, it – enables the team to find that player one paycheck or even more um, if the conduct is detrimental. Well, the conduct here is very detrimental. So there you go. That's where it falls in lines with. Uh, Rob Giants and his uh, Twitter handle is at NYFootballJesus. Very interesting name, I would say. Uh, Says he hasn't heard about uh, the connection of Jim Garrett and uh, Jason Garrett, of course, the Garrett family, very famous around New Jersey for all of their football heritage. Jim had mm-hmm. been uh, not only a, a player many, many years ago with the Giants, but also was an assistant coach and a defensive coordinator back in the early 70s. Says uh, he, it's really nice to see a coach with such deep ties to the Giants, talking about, obviously, Jason, who was Jim's son, and uh, thinks it's uh, pretty cool and just very happy to see that the uh, tradition of the Garretts and the Giants are continuing to intertwine. Yeah. And one guy that I did, <laughs> and John's on the other. John is John's on the other side of the board, if you will, today. And don't ever get this wrong. I Judd Garrett was the other guy. That's his brother. Okay. Mm-hmm. I played with him. He was on, on a team with me back in the day. Sorry, John. You're not going to be able to ask me that one. <laughs> you You did play with Judd. Yeah. Yeah, Judd, J-U-D-D. Yeah, yeah. And and wasn't John the other one? Um, I don't know. I know, but I do know Judd. I'm pretty sure there the, was another brother. Yeah, Judd was yeah, with. Yeah, John me. sounds right, Paul. I think John sounds right. Yeah, Judd was uh, with the Eagles. With me. Oh, by the way, and Paul, I should bring this up real quick, and then we have yeah. Charlie in Portland, Maine. No, you don't need to bring this up. Oh, yes, I know I where do. you're going but with do this you? one. So, Paul, do you remember the player you mentioned to us last week? What was it? Chris Mark? John Mark? What was no, his it's, name? No, it's Greg, Greg Mark. Greg Mark. So, yeah. and remember when I joked it's on Mark, Friday M-A-R-K, show? It's Mark, M-A-R-K, by the way. Remember, yes. I, I was joked on Friday show. Hey, Jeff, did you play with him? And he said no. <laughs> well, he actually did in 1990 with the Eagles. <laughs> And we had, and, and listen, yeah, oh, so bad. And then a person on Twitter pointed yeah, it out. Yeah, they found it. And I gave him credit. I gave him kudos. Oh, no. Uh, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I too many guys, great. man. Too many, too anyway, many people. I'm How sorry, did I miss I'm, that one? I'm sorry to say to both of you, but Greg Mark's career was very nondescript. It really was. but So much so that Fegels doesn't even remember it. Yeah, I don't. I do remember. I remember more in college because he was really a good college football player. He really was. Yeah. 
Yeah, it didn't work out so well uh, in the okay. NFL, though. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, guess anyway. what? I hate to ruin your day, Jeff. What? We have we have one more caller, uh. and I'm going to give you one guess as to oh, who it might goodness. be. Is <laughs> something wrong with the line? <laughs> Charlie from Portland, Maine, is last on BBKL. Hello, He's Charlie. Definitely last, that's for sure. Hey, Paul. Hey, Jeff. Hello, hey, Jeff. Charlie. I got a question for you. Do you think the kicker that we just signed was the best kicker in free agency to grab, and do you think this guy's got anything left? I really don't know much about him to answer the question. I, I mean, let me maybe take a look at it, and I'll, maybe because you call every day. I'm on tomorrow, so maybe we'll go over it tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Well, at, least, <laughs> you know? at least he's Italian, but, I think. But I so guess, I guess what okay. I was saying earlier, and I don't know when you jumped on, on the show, but I mean, I feel like they needed to get a veteran and I think this is a guy who's been out of football for a year. But, you know, listen, if a kicker is out of football for a year and he's still in pretty good shape, it's muscle memory, he can get, he's got some time to get back. So, you know, yep. I know that I know that Gaskowski is a guy that is on the – he's a free agent. He's out there. He has um, experience with Joe Judge. But he's also 36 years old and has it and coming off of a hip injury. So, yeah, you know, I don't know yeah. what the situation is there. Let me let me look into it a little bit more, and I'll give you okay. an answer tomorrow, Charlie. Well, I would also mention the Jets, so he knows the stadium, right? That's exactly right. He yeah. knows the stadium. He understands yep. the pressures in New York. He's 29 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly has a, had a very respectable NFL career to this sure. point. So yeah. I yeah I don't I don't think he's a name out of left field per se. And as far as Gutzkowski is concerned, you know let's let he's a free agent, so we can certainly talk about him. Thirty six years old. Yes, he had the hip surgery on the torn labrum in October. But the other thing is, just a couple of weeks ago, the Titans had actually come out. I believe it was their GM in the newspapers down in Tennessee because they were asking about Gutzkowski's connection to Vrabel because they were teammates on the New England Patriots. And their front office executive flat out said, yeah, we're looking for a kicker, and you know we can't bring him in now because we can't give him a physical, but we would be interested in Guskowski mm. there you go. for, so for a kicking competition. competition. Yeah. So it may be that he already has his eyes on going to Tennessee. Remember, when he was cut by point. Belichick in March from the Patriots, he bought a home or is building a home. I'm not sure if he bought one or is building one outside of Nashville. So there, there is a very realistic possibility that he's already being tied to the Titans, aside from anybody else who might be interested yeah. in him. So you know what I'm saying? I, I yeah. appreciate people bringing up the name. But, well, they might have asked him. You know, he the may Giants be might have asked him, and he might have said, no, I'm, I'm, I've got to, I'm going to be going somewhere else. He may be spoken for is the point. Yeah, you exactly. Know, even though he's not signed, he may be spoken for, at least in intention. Sure. So, anyway. All right, Charlie, thanks for the call. Thanks, Appreciate Charlie. it. Jeff, it's, that's uh, going to do it. Another uh, hour you, in the books. Yeah, another How hour. does this happen? It's just good content, I guess. That's what it is. Yeah. All right. 973-667-1960 is our phone number. Jot it down. We are here Monday through Friday, 12 o'clock Eastern time. Big Blue kickoff live on Giants.com. You can also hit us up, hashtag Giants chat. He is at Jay Fiegels. I am at Giants WFAN. And our Giants mailbag is Giants.com slash podcasts slash BBK questions. Jeff, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, John. For Jeff and for John, I'm Paul Dottino. We'll see you next time.